Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may be able to prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. Romans 12.2 This is Resistance and Reformation on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. Sitting on a table in our home is a large bowl filled with Christmas cards, holiday greetings, and year-end family letters from two months ago. Like the season they herald, they are festive affairs. Some are adorned with family photos, some are festooned with calligraphic exaltations, but many are illustrated by nativity scenes. These scenes vary widely. Some are classic paintings, some are modern sketches, some are folk art primitives, but in every one of them, there is an immediately recognizable artistic trope. Shining halos abound. Originally, the word halo was used to describe a nimbus of radiant light. The term was used in both classical and Koine Greek to portray the spherical band of luminescence visible around the sun or moon, usually caused by gaseous or icy refractions in the atmosphere. In the Iliad, Homer used the term to indicate the peculiar aura of glory around the heads of heroes in battle, the mythologies of the Sumerians, Akkadians, Babylonians, Assyrians, and Persians often depicted an aerial or glimmering surrounding the figures of their idols and gods, sometimes even their princes and kings. In Zoroastrian philosophy, the parallel concept of the Pharah was divine radiant power that sanctified a king and his reign. The Colossus of Rhodes, one of the seven wonders of the ancient world, was a monumental statue of the Greek god of the sun Helios, soaring over 100 feet above the island's commercial harbor. The god was portrayed with a sunburst crown, copied millennia later by Frederick Bartholdi and Gustav Eiffel for the Statue of Liberty. By the time Christianity began to spread across the Mediterranean world, halos had become an almost universal symbol of sanctity, glory, and majesty, but the earliest believers carefully resisted using them due to their associations with paganism. By the beginning of the 4th century, however, with the ascendancy of a Christian cultural hegemony, the idea of somehow depicting the luminous grace of God began to make its way into popular art, particularly for depictions of the incarnate Christ. It was not until sometime late in the 5th century that the apostles, Mary and Joseph, angels, Old Testament prophets, and other heroes of the faith began to be depicted with halos. And it was not until the 7th century that the Orioles and Mandaloras began to be adorned with luminescent gold leaf 
and glimmering gemstones. Halos became a standard compositional formula in Christian art, a sort of symbolic shorthand to indicate the holy, the sacred, and the beatific. Over time, the imagery became intricately codified with several different kinds of halos, rounded bands or spheres for Christ and the saints, square for civic leaders, triangular for members of the Trinity, polygonal for ecclesiastical authorities, crossed for Christ and radiating for martyrs. In the century before the Reformation, the Flemish and Dutch masters like Jan van Eck and Robert Campen and Peter Bruegel, they abandoned halo symbolism for both artistic and theological reasons. During the Italian Renaissance, if it was used at all, the halo was shown as a light coming somehow from an outside source rather than emanating from the saint. It was often manifested as a subtle slender band of gold to express the idea of light. So, for instance, Leonardo da Vinci's Benoit Madonna only hinted at sanctity with a floating, almost transparent band for both the Virgin Mary and the Incarnate Christ. Then, at the time of the Reformation in the West, both iconoclasts and iconoduels tended to avoid its use altogether. Despite its antiquity, the word halo did not pass into the common parlance of the English-speaking world until the late 16th or early 17th century. Samuel Johnson's 1723 Dictionary of the English Language only offers the scientific definition of the noun, a circle of reflected light around the sun or moon. It was illustrated by two quotations from Sir Isaac Newton. This is the sense of the word that Billy Collins relies on for his poem, The Candle Hat. In most self-portraits, it is the face that dominates. Cezanne is a pair of eyes swimming in brush strokes. Van Gogh stares out of a halo of swirling darkness. Rembrandt looks relieved, as if he were taking a breather from painting the blinding of Samson. By 1828, the definition in most dictionaries of halo had expanded to include a theological definition. Webster included an illustration from Isaiah's prophecy of hope amidst the darkness of our poor fallen world. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around, and see, they all gather together, they come close to you. 
Your son shall come from afar, your daughter shall be carried on the hip, and then you shall see and be radiant, and your heart shall thrill and exult, because the abundance of the sea shall be turned to you, the wealth of the nations shall come to you. Isaiah 60, verses 1 through 4. This is, of course, a theme that is picked up in the New Testament. Jesus declared, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. John 8:12. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. John 1, 5. For at one time you were darkness, but now... You are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. Ephesians 5.8 As a result, all those who have by grace entered into the light from the darkness are haloed in glory. To grasp the significance of this is to begin laying the foundations for both resistance, and reformation. I'm George Grant on the Fight, Laugh, Feast Network. For more information and for additional resources, go to georgegrant.net or adoringgod.org.